Charles Sargent, and I'd like to welcome you to my podcast, Sins of Henry County. Originally, I had planned on calling this podcast The Dixie Mafia and the Game People Play. The truth is, I'm the author of the book, Sins of Henry County, and I have a tremendous following of readers who want to know the rest of the story. And I don't feel like writing another book, so I've got a lot of valuable information to tell you in this podcast. This podcast will actually be a prequel and a sequel to the events in my book. I don't want any way to lead people to think that this podcast would be a waste of time on a bunch of white trash Dixie Mafia murderers. So that's why I changed the name respectfully back to my book, Sins of Henry County. This is a podcast about corrupt police officials in Georgia who teamed up with the Dixie Mafia to cover up and protect their involvement in the drug trafficking in Georgia. This is a truly one-of-a-kind murder case and a truly one-of-a-kind podcast. I strongly suggest that you read my book, Sins of Henry County, because it gets into the detail necessary to properly cover my personal involvement in that case. What makes the story so great can only be obtained by reading the book. When was the last time you heard of a total stranger who had no background or experience in writing or investigating open up a 35-year-old cold case? because he had compassion in his heart for a young black man who was innocent of two murders and had been framed and sentenced to die in Georgia's electric chair by corrupt officials and then covered up the murders and is still being covered up today. Now, it's one thing for corrupt people in 1974 to commit crimes and frame a black person and send him to die in the lecture chair. But why is the GBI law enforcement community still protecting this case and not wanting it uncovered? What makes this podcast different from the rest? First of all, it's not about cold cases. It's about murder cases that law enforcement and the judicial system covered up in 1974. The only way a murder case can be classified as a cold case if it's unsolved. But what happens when the police frame a suspect and then they close the case? Is that a cold case? Is that a soft case? It's neither. It's a covered-up situation. It is a nightmare. Uh, You've seen on TV how these young police officers will join the force and they'll get back into a cold case file and they'll go back and solve it. And it's the usual suspects, and they solve it with DNA. Well, that can't happen in this case. Nobody even knows about these cases. They are covered up. My philosophy is the hardest cold case murders to solve are the ones where law enforcement were involved. Not in the investigating, but in the murders themselves. These cases we're going to be talking about have never been properly investigated because they would have been investigating themselves. They would have to expose corruption at the highest levels of Georgia. 
Again, when the authorities are getting paid thousands upon thousands of dollars for their participation in the drug trafficking industry in Georgia, and the bad guys get caught, the authorities have to let them go, cover up for their deeds, or they go down with them. Covered up cases never make it to ID, Dateline 2020, or any other form of exposure. These cases have never been covered or mentioned in the Atlanta media, ever. When I did go to the Atlanta media, I was told they were not interested. Went to law enforcement. They told me to go away. In 2012, Miss Susan Van Atten at the AJC told me that she did not think her readers would be interested in an innocent black man being framed for murder he didn't commit and sentenced to die in a lecture chair. Now, that's beyond bizarre for me. I have been labeled a conspiracy nut by the GBI and told to go away. I know for a fact the GBI has helped covering up this case and doesn't want it told. I know that for a fact, and I'll reveal that later. I even called the U.S. Attorney General Office in Atlanta, and they told me they weren't interested. Now, let me tell you how I, a home builder in Atlanta, got involved up to my eyeballs in these murder cases. For me, it all started on November the 10th, 1974. The Atlanta Journal newspaper had pictures of six murder victims across the top of their paper. 36 hours of terror. Now, out of these six people that were murdered within this 36-hour period, the first two was a Mr. Carr and his young daughter from Milledgeville, Georgia, a little south of Atlanta. They were viciously killed by a serial killer, the notorious John Paul Knows, a.k.a. the Casanova Kid, who is covered extensively in my book. In my opinion, Paul Knows was the most savage serial killer this country ever knew. He made Ted Bundy look like a disgruntled pizza delivery boy. In fact, Henry County Sheriff's Department had pulled over Paul Knows only hours after murdering his two victims as he passed through Henry County from Milledgeville, and they didn't know the rest of the country were looking for him, or he had recently murdered 30 people in a matter of months. So they let him go to continue his killing spree in Georgia and Florida, including a Florida State Patrol officer. Now that leaves four murder victims on Sonny's paper and they got my attention because they were closer to home. Now, the first one was on November the 7th during the wee hours early in the morning. The victim was Stephen Jeff Lee. had been shot over his left eye and behind his ear with a small caliber gun. Later that day, his girlfriend found him sprawled out on the floor beside his waterbed in his upscale Sandy Springs home a suburb of North Atlanta. He was 26 years old, a high roller in Atlanta. He was the head of the General Recording Company 
and he was a successful music producer for a popular Atlanta singer, Joe South. He and Joe were still enjoying their success of their hit song, Games People Play. Now, across town at 4.45 early in the morning, police officer Eugene Barge heads out to work. A mile from his home, he is found lying in the middle of Rico Road, shot with a 12-gauge shotgun several times, and then shot in the head with a 38 revolver three times. Later that same day, at 4.30 p.m., 30 miles south of Atlanta, Henry County Sheriff's Office received a call that two bodies had been found in the woods off Rock Quarry Road. This was a band director of Jonesboro High School, Marvin King, 38 years old, and one of his former female students, an 18-year-old student, Melanie Ann Hartsfield. Both murdered with 12-gauge shotgun, once in the back of the midsection and once to the back of the head. Now, you might be wondering why it took me so long to expose this injustice from 1974. Well, I lived in Clayton County when the murders took place, and then I moved to Henry County. And it did take me 35 years to write and publish this book, but considering the fact that I lived less than a mile from the sheriff of Henry County, it would not be wise to be investigating any of his murders, particularly any of the ones that he had taken part in. And this is something I can prove, and I will if you follow me. I hope you will enjoy the twist of this podcast where we nail the cops as the bad guys. Before we go any further, it's necessary to give you some background, information on how this country took a wrong turn in 1965. So I'll pick that up in the next podcast. And I'd like to say that I am not here to win any Oscars or great awards for podcast presentation or publication, production or otherwise. I'm a 72-year-old man that has been carrying this case in my heart and my mind since 1974. And I'm going to do my best to give you the information to share with you that you will help fight for injustice to be uncovered and rectified. I need a public outcry to bring justice to these victims. So I'm going to do the best I can to bring you the most knowledge, factual information. I appreciate you listening to this podcast. I hope you will stay tuned for more as I hope to make my presentation better in the upcoming segments. And I ask that you do me a favor and invite five to ten people you know to follow this podcast and get on board.